welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Huron, uh, and we're the in this week. Uh, we are continuing our double episodes for every week of the COVID-19 lockdown. So joining me this episode is a name that uh, might sound familiar to you if you if you uh, head along to Shiny Side Up. Uh, the one and only Heath Ling. Hello. Hello, Ray. How are you? Oh, outstanding. Uh, how is uh, COVID-19 lockdown treating you all the way down in Christchurch? Oh, well, obviously it's a concern. Um, unfortunate that I'm in an industry where I'm still getting paid and we're, we're off for four weeks, obviously with a nationwide lockdown. Obviously, to me, this, this whole pandemic isn't probably unexpected. If you're a student of history and you, you, you read, keep yourself up to date with things around the world. Um, well, I'm not, a, I'm not a, stu- a student of history, so I'm not entirely sure what you're referring to there, but uh, we'll move right along. Well, I'm a little bit older than you, mate. Uh, just slightly, just slightly. <laughs> uh, so what do you do for a crust, Heath? Um, at the moment, I'm a, uh, an assistant manager at Bridgestone automotive store and bridgestone automotive is is open or are they are they essential services or what's the story there only one bars is open um mainly to deal with um say medical staff who may have a problem with their car and things like that but all, all the other stores are um are mostly shut. well we'll talk a bit more about that and why you're on the episode uh shortly but first things first we need to catch up with a motorcycle racer he's no stranger to the motorcycle racing track uh talking about uh, how the COVID-19 shutdown has impacted NZSBK. Let's catch up now with Sloan Frost. Greetings. <laughs> how are you enjoying the, uh, <laughs> the being stuck inside now? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's sending my family pretty stir-crazy. How about yours? Yeah, mate, I can't find a room without a child in it. So um, <laughs> I've never, I don't know if I've ever been uh, locked inside for, for this long. It's going to be torture for any day three. Hey, um, this lockdown is having some quite far-reaching far, far implications to many, many communities around New Zealand. And one of the communities that it's having a massive impact on is the motorcycle racing community. Now, obviously, you're not here to speak on behalf of Motorcycling New Zealand and uh, everything we mention here is is your opinions and thoughts and feelings. But uh, what what impact is this lockdown having on, uh, you know, the world of motorcycle racing? Uh, it's, uh, it's enormous, you know, like everything. <laughs> it probably all takes a bit of a, a, a backseat to what's going on, but you know, we do have to um, consider it because the sport's such a massive part of our lives and that. And, uh, you know, right from from last week, you know, we were asking the questions and trying to get out in front of it and try and make decisions and uh, when they were going to cancel the round and or if they were going to cancel or postpone it. We had um, we had the lockdown call uh, shutting the borders on the, on the Sunday. Obviously, we've got um, lost an Ethos who's riding for the team and, he just, yeah, he's desperate to win a championship, and he he was like, "All right, I'm jumping on a plane." So he jumped on a plane, made it in before the, uh, you know, the lockdown and stuff like that. And um, you know, we, we just sort of put him into uh, a bit of an isolation, regardless. And then, you know, two days later, uh, the borders were closing in Australia, and he had to get back here to go into his own isolation. And then we had cancellations and stuff. So um, yeah, everything sort of steamed rolled on from there, but. You've got MNZ now that have got to make some pretty big calls. Um, you know, I I would never I never never choose to be in such a bad position in the championship, but uh, I am. So it probably doesn't hurt me so much. But you've got to feel for guys that are running out the front of the championship, especially like Alistair and that. You know, um, these decisions could impact uh, you know first superbike title for him. So um, yeah, lots of decisions to be made, and they've got to be in the hard ones, but. 
So paint the picture for us. Whereabouts are we at the moment? How many rounds have we had? How many rounds are we potentially, you know, still to have? Or how many rounds are going to be cancelled? Yeah, well, we're, we're uh, three rounds deep. So I think uh, three rounds, uh, I think it was 15, yeah, I'm getting quick on that, but 15 races, I think we've done, um, yeah, uh, like 10, 10 races. So we've done three rounds, we've done nine races. So, um, yeah, like we were about sixty percent odd through uh, through our championship. So it's a you know it's a it's a hard one to call. You know whether they if they were to just you know the, the way that I see it is they've got three three decisions, the three options. They can either continue the championship, run another couple of rounds. Uh, they can cancel the championship or and declare it, or they can uh, abandon it. You know? So um, which you know all all three of those offer different problems. You know, if they if they choose to run another couple of rounds, and no one can foresee how long this is all going to last, and it might be yeah, we we might still be in complete lockdown in six months' time. You never know. But at the moment, I think they're looking at day eight, maybe around October, November. And then, you know, it's a big ask for people to go and spend so much money, you know, because it's not cheap to go racing. Uh, yeah, so it would be, you know, a big financial burden to know that. So if they were to potentially run uh, a couple more rounds in October, November, and then potentially we'd be looking at December, January, another Suzuki series, and then straight back into the 2021 round of the national championship, right? Well, just that just that by itself is you know, more racing than anyone can afford, really. Uh, and then coming off the back of such a huge economic crisis, you know, um, we're all sort of... Uh, saving our pennies at the moment because we don't know, you know, when the next paycheck's going to be and, uh, you know, yeah, tough. At yeah, a very, very tough times, very tough times. Um, so take take your own, let's talk from your personal perspective. Sloan Frost, uh, not the best start to the season. What would be your ideal scenario or ideal outcome for the rest of the 2020 rounds? I think uh, putting aside my personal feelings, because I mean, if they, if they, I'd be just as happy on any of the options, you know, because if we run some more rounds, uh, we're coming to tracks that, and I'm doing better, and as the series goes on, I'm, I'm progressing, so, um, you know, I can uh, I, I can step up and get a better position. If they if they just cancel it, then, you know, I can just forget about it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, but for me, I, I personally think that they, they can't just call it. It feels like we haven't done enough of the championship to um, to just say to just award the championship, and there's no uh, there's no rules around it as far as I'm aware. But I mean, if we're doing a race and we're only um, and we don't get points until we're sort of 65 percent deep, if we get a uh, red flag, you know, so we're not quite even at that um, that point in the championship. So uh, I think I, I'd personally like to see them run another round, just maybe uh, one round. If that, if that would be in October or November or whatever, even if they did a double header, you know, where you did a, a four day round and maybe we did five races in that in that round or something like that. But they also, whatever they whatever decision they make, they really need to consider what we're going to do for 2021 as well. You know, you can't just forget that we've got another championship right up, coming up on the back of it. So maybe slim down the 2021 championship, make it two rounds, maybe have a South Island round, North Island round, make them both double headers. Uh, that would, you know, limit our costs a lot and uh, would still get in, you know, 10 races, which would make a decent championship. Mm, certainly is a lot to think about in there. <laughs> I, was, I was just having a laugh with some of the some of the, uh, the Suzuki team members because the, obviously the, uh, the press release went out at the start of the year and said, uh, you know, Suzuki, uh, 
you're stepping back from um, their official team and that for uh, and, and this is the last season they were going to support us in an official capacity so if this season sort of uh, drags out for another another year I'd be probably quite happy <laughs> I've got it. I'm, I'm, I'm safe for a ride for a little while well mate you and your family stay safe thank you for your thoughts on that and we look forward to uh, to hearing what the official people have to say on the matter yeah, again I, uh, I don't envy their position so <laughs> they've got some big decisions to make nice one well thanks for your time and uh, we'll talk uh, maybe once we get out of lockdown Sounds good, dude. Stay safe. Thanks, mate. See ya. Right. Uh, So I mentioned at the top of the episode that I'm not flying solo this week. Heath Ling is joining me, a name that will be quite familiar to you if you uh, head along to Shiny Side Up. Heath, I never actually got a chance to uh, to sit in the lounge when you were doing your talk uh, about your big trip. Uh, So I wonder if you'd... um, if you if you give me the rundown, give me the lowdown. What was your big trip? What was the story? What was it all about? Well, I decided, um, like most of us, after seeing the long way around, that I wanted to do something like that. Basically, um, fast forward probably what fifteen odd years, twenty years, and I found myself in a position where I could make a trip like that happen. Obviously, not along the road of bones and through Russia, but um, with my sort of level of experience, which I hadn't done much before on motorcycle touring, I decided to travel around America. Oh, nice. So how long ago was this trip? This was um, July 2015, uh, 2016, sorry. And I had up to a year on my visa and I was there for five and a half months. Outstanding. What bike did you decide to take? Was it a hard choice? Many people have, you know, bikes are, as you you well know, most of your uh, listeners and people attending the Shiny Side Up events will know that bikes are very personal um it's more what fits you and suits your style i took a 2002 bmw 1150 gsa over with me because that that was set up to meet my requirements outstanding did you make any modifications for the truck yes there was um strengthened the frame by welding extra um plating on the known points extra lights and basically just extra sockets for um usb and and just things that I felt I would need and also engine bars, tank bars for protection because if I crashed in the middle of nowhere, I had to be self-sufficient and able to get myself out. Fair enough. And I hear you picked up a, um, a companion, can we call it that, uh, on your way? Yeah, I picked up, um, I'd seen a few bikes towing trailers and that's something that had never occurred to me up until I saw them. But traveling around the States, uh, the distances are so vast and the temperatures are so hot a lot of the time that being able to carry actually ice in a chili bin was very, very beneficial. And I just happened to see a trailer at the Sturgis um, National Bike Show. Awesome, Heath. Well, um, talk us through it. Where did you start? Where did you finish? And what were some of the more memorable moments of the trip as you went around? Um, so I shipped my motorcycle to Vancouver. Um, British Columbia. I was very fortunate to be able to give them details of contact there who could store, meet me at the um, shipping yard, help me collect my bike, get sorted, and then I rode up to Calgary, saw another contact there, managed to see the Calgary Stampede, which is like the world's biggest cowboy show, basically. It's absolutely amazing. Um, that was very lucky, just timing, and a lot of things I found on this trip, I just had to be in the right place at the right time. Um, then travelled into Montana, Idaho, Washington State to see Mount St. Helens, back into Idaho, um, Wyoming, South Dakota, Colorado, Utah, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, then crossed over from Michigan to um, Ontario to Niagara Falls, 
and um, work my way around the country and then back up to Vancouver. Wow, it, sounds, it definitely sounds like a trip. How long did it take you in the end? It took me five and a half months. Um, some days I would do as little as 250 k's, um, but then that could be on the seventh day of solid riding. Um, some days I did a thousand k's in a day. I basically, all I had to worry about was where to get fuel, where to get food, and where I was going to sleep. I had no other worries which is actually really good. Did you plan it out? Did you go, right, I need to be here on this day and here on this day? Or did you just get on the bike and go, right, where's the next stop? I, because I, my, my plan was always to write a book about it. Um, so I had things that I've always wanted to see, like Devil's Tower, which was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, so I had things which are non-negotiable, I had to see. Then I had things which that would be really good to see and other things where if I'm passing. So there's some really good websites, something like roadsideamerica.com, which lists in every state all the weird and wonderful things that you could ever want to see in that state. So I worked, I worked my way around like that. Cool. And so riding in different countries, I mean, what's it like riding in the States and in Canada uh, compared to riding in New Zealand? Um, it's actually riding on, riding a motorcycle in the States on the other side of the road is easier than driving a car because... The only thing you have to think about is you do your, you pull away and your life your life save when you look over your your right shoulder you're actually doing it over your left shoulder, so um, that's the only thing that's different. In the car, when I drove a car a couple of times, the seatbelt goes across the other way. You're using your different hand for the handbrake and stuff. So I actually found I had to think more driving a car than I did actually on the bike. Now I, I, I detect a bit of an accent. I'm picking you're a you're a British lad, and we've had a few conversations over the few past few um, uh, month or two. Uh, we we have you done much riding through Europe? No. Um, when I was married in the UK, um, she wasn't a fan of motorcycles. So I didn't get the opportunity to do much riding, unfortunately. Oh, that is a shame. Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to see Europe, and um, I'd just love to travel more. Okay, so thinking about your your trip, um, can you can you think of maybe a, give us a give us a story? What was something that that stands out in your mind? Well, you 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 heard the bear scare story at, at Shiny Side Up. I mean, I, obviously not everybody who's listened to this would have been there. Um, I've been riding. I was in Lower. Idaho and I'd ridden through a town called Kusia and it was thunder and lightning in the mountains around me and it was about 8 o'clock at night and I'd left it really late and couldn't find anywhere to to stay um, so I came across a lay-by which had a, a line of trees separating it from the road so I thought well I'm going to be pretty safe from any dodgy characters so I slept under the trees and had my bike next to me and in the middle of the night I heard this like growling gruff noise now I'd read this book previously that bears do that when agitated. So I slowly woke up and thinking, shit, there's a bear right close by. And then I slowly opened my eyes, actually pretty frightened thinking I was gonna get eaten before I started to trip. And I saw this big black shadow right in front of me and that looked like black bear shape. And then I really did shit myself. And then um, when I opened my eyes properly, I realized it was the silhouette of my bike through the moonlight. <laughs> So, uh, did you work out what the growling was in the yeah, end? It's funny now. I'm convinced that there was something there. I mean, I I um, got the torch and I looked around, and luckily I didn't see any eyes glowing back at me. But I cleared off pretty sharpish because you know when you when you're camping, you're freedom camping, and camping in the woods, you know there are bears about and coyotes and all sorts. So, you know you don't take it. You know it's not like here. No, I can imagine. Uh, so you are writing a book about your trip, yeah? Yes, it's um, 
I'm trying to because I've always been a fan of Bill Bryson and having met him once when he had visited Christ, Christchurch I always want to try and write a book that is informative and entertaining and humorous so not just a motorcycle book rather than actually it's an informative you know humorous book outstanding well make sure that when yeah when when that is available for a good read you let us know and we can um we can we can read all about your adventures across the states on that uh, on that bmw well I, I certainly will ray and um i've got four weeks now to be write something yeah exactly uh it's turned out quite fortuitously because i remember you were talking uh when we were up in uh Tauranga, you were saying i haven't got time to write my book well when you work 45 to 53 hours a week and then you come home and you're like and it takes me a good evening to write one day's writing to research it go for my books and, and leaflets and everything i collected and then cobble it together um yeah it's actually takes a lot of time yeah i can imagine uh, right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast uh, this evening. Uh, we're going to, as I said, we're doing two episodes a week uh, during the uh, COVID-19 lockdown. So I, I suppose having a big trip across the States, you would have met lots and lots of people. Are you still in touch with, with people over there? And have you talked to them recently about uh, the COVID-19 situation? Um, yes, I'm in touch with pretty much everybody I met. And I, I'm a, and I take the opportunity to say that the hospitality and the warmth and just the generosity that from the real people that I met absolutely outstanding um you, you, you just couldn't fault it at all um a bed for the night meal for the night a bed for a week helped me get parts for the bike you know just everybody's just so generous even old ladies coming up to me at the petrol station when i'm getting gas and just wishing me you know a safe journey um the warmth and hospitality that i received from you know what i call the real americans and non-tourist areas was absolutely amazing and very very much appreciated and how are they uh, fearing now with the covid19 uh skier going on at the moment well i mean fortunately a lot of them um like groups of them they, they they've got like 44 acres in the black hills in south dakota um so they're really quite reasonably isolated to a certain extent um but obviously that is concerned with the um how this the COVID-19 um, pandemic is tracking in the states. Um, we, you know, we're fortunate we live in New Zealand and where um, our government has been switched on to it very, very quickly. And although the lockdown is, is going to have consequences, um, you know, not taking it seriously like that appears to be in the states at some time. Um, I think we'll have bigger consequences. So, but they're, they're they're all good. You know, they're, they're they're good, sensible people. And you know, hopefully, when this is all over, I'll be able to travel over there and see them again. Yeah. Well, the hope is there, isn't there? Um, Heath Ling, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast this evening. Thanks for your stories. We'll keep in touch and um, good luck uh, to yourself. Stay healthy and safe uh, during the rest of the lockdown. Yeah. Like, likewise, Ray. I hope, um, as um, I pointed out with Dave Moss, you got your brake pads sorted on your motorbike. <laughs> hey, I've still got three and a half weeks to go, right? I'm, I'm actually, I just cleaned my bike today and I'm actually scheduled to do the rear disc brake and uh, disc tomorrow. Good. Send us through some photos. Certainly will. You take care of you and your family. You too. This is uh, Kiwi Rider Podcast. Uh, we are doing two episodes a week all the way through to the end of lockdown. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Feel free to get hold of us on the email, which is podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. And remember, our entire Kiwi Rider magazine back catalogue is available to read for free. Head to kiwirider.co.nz. Keep you and 
keeping your family safe during this lockdown. Stay at home and uh, just follow the rules by the government. That'd be a great thing to do, wouldn't it? Uh, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. I've been Ray. He's been Heath. We, well, I will be back in a couple of days' time. Hooroo! Hooroo!